It ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Mark Twain. History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's time again for a new feature that we've been doing, the Monday Rant. As I said uh, last week, it seemed to be pretty popular, so for the foreseeable future, I will keep doing it, mainly because I keep finding things to rant about. I also pointed out that it won't always stay in the area of history, because rants tend to run off in all directions. But I'll try to keep it as close to history as possible because that's what this podcast is about. Today's rant is about an issue that's both current and ancient, and it does involve revisionism and the revision of history. So let's get started. Politicians quoting the Bible in an effort to garner votes or appeal to the religious beliefs of their supporters isn't anything new. Politicians quoting a verse completely out of context is equally common. For example, a favorite verse used when appealing to Christian voters is 2 Chronicles 7.14, which says, quote, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. End quote. It's most often used by Republican candidates to decry the wickedness, in quotes, of Democrats and imply that a vote for Republicans will bring divine healing to America. Ted Cruz used it constantly during the 2016 Republican primaries. The problem is that in context, it's not some blanket promise of blessing, but rather a promise specifically to the people of Israel at that time that concludes in verse 18 with the promise, you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. We are not the ancient kingdom of Israel. Using Bible passages out of context isn't confined to Republicans, of course. After a suicide bombing at the Kabul airport in August of last year killed 13 U.S. military personnel during our evacuation from the country, President Biden quoted Isaiah 6-8 to honor the soldier's selflessness saying, quote, The American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Each one of these women and men in our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go into harm's way, to risk everything, not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. End quote. Now, Isaiah 6-8 does indeed say, Here I am, send me. However, it's got nothing to do with the blanket answer to a call to service. It's a very specific moment in which Isaiah answers God's call to be a prophet. Now you could argue in the two examples above I'm being overly critical, because the sentiment fits even if the context doesn't. But I disagree. Context does matter, and using quotes, biblical, historical, or otherwise, out of context matters. Still, even most Christians would just shrug these off and move along. 
I actually bring them up to point to an even more egregious example that occurred last week. One that wasn't simply a politician using a quote out of context, as we just saw, or even erroneously misquoting the Bible, as we see when people say money is the root of all evil, when the passage actually says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Rather, this was a case of an outright altering of a passage, a complete revision of its meaning to support a specific political agenda. As reported in the Tampa Bay Times and and other publications, while addressing the National Student Summit for the group Turning Point USA, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said the following, quote, you gotta be ready for battle. So put on the full armor of God Take a stand against the left's schemes. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You'll face fire from flaming arrows, but the shield of faith will protect you. End quote. Now back in June, DeSantis made a similar statement in a speech at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Conference. And another comment back in February when he said, quote, We need people all over the country to be willing to put on that full armor of God to stand firm against the left, end quote. Here's the problem with this quote, with DeSantis's quote. He's clearly referencing the famous armor of God passage from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. That's beneficial to show the relevant section of that passage, both for context and to see what it really says. This is what it says, quote, final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. End quote. That's Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12. Two things should immediately stand out here. First, DeSantis conveniently stops before verse 12, which clearly states that the passage is not talking about earthly opponents, but spiritual ones. Second, and far more important than that omission, is that he's replaced taking a stand against the devil with taking a stand against the left, equating in no uncertain terms the Democratic Party with Satan. A politician equating the opposing side with the devil though obviously wrong, is nothing new. It's been going on since the founding of the nation. A politician blatantly changing the wording of the Bible is something else entirely, especially when it's done to gain the support of the very people who should be outraged by it. Christians of all stripes, liberal, conservative, moderate, and all denominations, Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant, may disagree on the interpretation of the Bible, but few, if any, would go so far as to change the actual words to fit their worldview. If people of faith are going to be outraged by attacks on religious liberties, become incensed when then-candidate Barack Obama said people cling to religion out of frustration, and claim to back candidates who, quote, believe the Bible, they can't stand silently by when a politician so brazenly alters the book they claim to base their lives on. Many people claim to base their lives on it, but it's a sad fact that many of those same people don't even realize that what DeSantis said was not an actual biblical quote because we've become almost completely biblically illiterate, something I've talked about before on this podcast. 
A recent study from the American Bible Society shows that between 2020 and 2021, 26 million Americans basically stopped reading the Bible. The Bible is a foundational book for Western civilization, whether you're religious or not. And not knowing what it says can lead to things like these revisions that politicians will will do in order to gain votes. Again, it may seem like a tempest in a teapot to you, but if they'll do it with a book that they supposedly revere, they'll do it with anything. Which we've obviously seen in recent years as far as denying the results of the 2020 election, but that's a whole nother rant. Over the past six years, we've seen many Christians be all too willing to trade beliefs and principles for a political win. DeSantis is clearly betting that this compromising of values will continue. Now, if you are a believer, if you are a church member, you've also seen what this compromise has done to the church itself. If a Democratic candidate forfeited the support of many Christians for a remark about clinging to religion, how much more should DeSantis lose support for literally changing the words of the Bible itself? We have to stay vigilant with regard to all of our historical books, all of the foundational writings of Western civilization, whether it be the Bible, whether it be the Constitution, whether it be English common law, whatever it may be. We have to take a stand against revision wherever it's happening. That's my rant for today. It may have been a little bit all over the place, but we'll be back to history again later this week. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.